Hi friends, I'm Dr. Cindy Leibert. And I'm Brooke Jack. We are your hosts of the Joy Prescription Podcast. In this show, we interview pioneering individuals who are integrating faith into their work and their spheres of influence in their respective fields of healthcare, coaching, psychology, and ministry. We dialogue at the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. In each episode, our guests will share their hard-won wisdom and strategies for intentional living, spiritual growth, and health stewardship. Together, we explore God's joy prescription, how He redeems our life stories and brings us into wholeness, mind, body, and spirit. We are so glad you're here to be a part of this conversation. Let's dive into today's episode. to the Joy Prescription Podcast. Here you will learn the keys to build stress resilience and create a life of vibrant health. We are here to help you prevent and reverse chronic disease so that you can live your life to the fullest and walk in your God-given purpose. We're your hosts. I'm Dr. Cynthia Leibert. And I'm Brooke Jack. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Joy Prescription Podcast. We're your hosts, Dr. Cynthia Leibert. I'm an integrative family physician, wife, and mom of three. And I'm Brooke Jack, a pastor, entrepreneur, wife, and also a mom of three. We're so glad that you're here. The Joy Prescription Podcast is the place where we explore topics at the intersections of our passions, brain health, lifestyle medicine, and Christian spirituality. We pray that the Holy Spirit uses our voices to encourage you and to reveal spiritual truths and simply inspire positive change in your life, your health, your faith, family, and work. We invite you to take your learning further with us at thejoyprescription.com. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Hello everyone, we're excited to be back today and continue the conversation about cognitive distortions, aka stinking thinking or brain ants, also known as automatic negative thoughts. Previously, we highlighted five common brain ants that can pull us into the dark pit of depression and despair. And today we're gonna share five more. And more importantly, what we can do about them to keep us out of that pit. But first, I think it's vitally important to remind our listeners that no one is immune to these inaccurate thoughts that tend to pop up into our heads and make us feel bad about ourselves. Having an awareness of brain ants and learning how to tame them is critical to our mental health and our spiritual walk which is why we're putting this podcast out there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) The the five brain ants we've already discussed are number one, all or nothing thinking. That's, you know, the black and white categories. So when you, you're either falling short of perfection or you're a complete failure (laughs) and that's, that's no good. 
overgeneralization. Many of us are prone to that. You know, if you catch yourself saying things like, nobody likes me, or I always ruin everything, those are definitely um, examples of overgeneralization. And we've got mental filtering, which are kind of like half truths. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about, I had a book one time that was gifted to me called Bad Mommy Moments. Oh. <laughs> and it was a, it was a compilation <laughs> of just, you know, people's stories of just bad parenting moments. Mm -hmm. But I loved that the word moment was in the title because it was, it was just, it was a bad moment. And we all have those times where we just fall short, but that doesn't mean that one, you know, a bad mommy moment isn't equal to being a bad mom, you know, when we That's have right. those, those um, moments of failure. So we just have to um, remind ourselves of the, of the truth. Yes. Admit I failed here, but that one failure doesn't define me. You know, I'm more than just the sum of my failures. Exactly. So yeah, mental filtering, you can also think about it as magnifying flaws or mm -hmm. shortcomings or problems and, and seeing it as a reflection of your entire self. And gosh, we are definitely prone to do that as moms, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's so many, you know, mom guilt is real. It is. <laughs> so it, it is. is a trap. Um, so number four, we went over last week was discounting the positive. That's a terrible brain ant. It's uh, that's a lie when we don't acknowledge all the all the good things, you know, when there's some minor setbacks or, um, you know, just ways that we mess up, um, we can fall into the trap of maintaining this false belief that we're somehow defective deep down or we're a total failure. And that's discounting all the positive things that that we have going on. And number five was jumping to conclusions. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm terribly guilty of this one. And it actually is something that when you have good intuition and you, you're right a lot, which I have to say, I have pretty good fine-tuned intuition as a mom and a physician. I pick up on little tiny clues all mm -hmm. around me all the time and and our brains like to make stories. Uh, they like to connect <laughs> the dots and so you know a lot of times my conclusions are correct. Sometimes I jump to conclusions that uh, are not serving me that can lead to anxiety or fear. So. Mm -hmm. Are you? <laughs> oh, yes. Can I, relate to that? I can relate. In fact, um, something that Lucas and I laugh about a lot now, but early in our marriage, I had a lot of insecurity in the kitchen with cooking. Mm. Um, Lucas is still <laughs> a, a much better chef cook. You know, I, I think he's like gourmet cook level. He could, he could compete on some <laughs> some show like chop where he could just look at a bunch of random ingredients and produce something amazing and awesome. and edible. And I would probably be the one still there running out of time trying to figure out what I was going to make. But, <laughs> um, but so because there was some of those insecurities and because, you know, when you're newly married, you're trying to figure out uh, your roles and you're trying to figure out how you like your towels folded or even, you know, what, right. what ways that you, um, 
wash the dishes or the order in which you cook and the processes. And Lucas and I had very different approaches to some things. And so anyway, I jumped to conclusions a lot when I would be cooking and he would come into the kitchen to just offer assistance. Um, like, are you done with this? You know, uh-huh. does this need to be washed? <laughs> and I would just have this, he thinks I'm incapable. He thinks I'm not, um, you know, I'm not keeping up well with, with taking care of things as I'm using them. And, you know, it was just this very negative, um, you know, not based in reality. He was just genuinely offering help because he was like, Hey, I can be useful right now. And I was like, this is my domain. Get out of my kitchen. (laughs) Like I will prove myself. I am capable. (laughs) I I think the kitchen is, is definitely a problem area for that. I've, I've been prone to that as well. Uh, but I, you bring up an important point of how our brain ants, our automatic negative thoughts, these cognitive distortions, our insecurities, how they, af- they can deeply affect our relationships mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. other people. And so they're so, and, and ourselves, our own you know, sense of worth and self-esteem and so it's so critical to be able to learn to identify them and just catch them mm-hmm. and turn mm-hmm. them around, hold them up to the light of God's truth and yes. replace them with a more rational, reality-based, kind, encouraging thought. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we went over those five cognitive distortions in the last episode. If you didn't catch it, you can rewind and and listen to that uh, episode and get a little bit deeper into those five. And if those weren't enough, (laughs) there are five more we're going to talk about today. Of course, there's probably a a much longer list, but I'm going to just highlight some of the the ones that have plagued me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is a big um, arena, a big area, this uh, topic of cognitive dis- cognitive distortions. Um, and I was thinking about how, how we think about ourselves really sets us on course for who we will become and even what we will do um, because our identity is so connected to our purpose. And, and even we see this modeled uh, through Jesus, his identity, his identity was connected to his purpose. And, you know, if he had not been the sinless spotless lamb of God, he could not have fulfilled his mission as our redeemer and savior but even he had to overcome the enemy's lies and the distortions and the, of thinking when he was um, tempted in the wilderness. Um, and he did that with the word of God saying, it is written. And because he knew the truth, he knew the expressed will and heart of his father, that truth was able to free him from the temptation he faced. And so, like you were Uh, just sharing, being able to hold things up to the light and be able to find the truth to replace the um, negative uh, distortions is so critical. I love that. Thanks for pointing out that Jesus practiced brain ant squashing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He was definitely dialed in and aware of the attacks of the enemy. Yes. On his mind. These brain ants are things that I've dealt with. And I I think it's it's so common. I Mm -hmm. hear it in my patients. It's so kind of like 
flashing red light when I hear brain ants come up during our conversation. It's, it's a way that people get stuck in whatever pattern they're in. It's, it can be self-defeating. It can keep us stuck in illness and mm -hmm. it certainly can um, set the stage for mental health issues when we're mm -hmm. constantly being attacked by these negative thoughts. These brain ants are very, very common. And number six on our list is magnification and minimization. And you can kind of see there's some overlap with these brain ants. Um, mm -hmm. Different, you know, black and white thinking. These, these uh, kind of have some overlap here. But magnification is when we blow things, events, uh, thoughts, happenings out of proportion, or if we downplay their importance, mm -hmm. if they're you know, significant and positive. And remember back in the day, I, I had a book, Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, <laughs> small stuff. <laughs> and it, it's been a process, but goodness, now I have two teenagers and a, a preteen and, and I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. <laughs> because there are just so many problems in life you know life is a big problem solving <laughs> enterprise mm -hmm. especially when you have children and yes working and trying to navigate all the the different challenges of modern life that we're facing right now so it's important just to keep things in perspective and and that's usually somewhere in between <laughs> blowing it up and like this is the end of the world or or that um, you know downplaying things especially the positive things when we minimize them then we miss out on ways to build ourselves up and and to um, have some positive outlook so that's mm -hmm. number six number seven is emotional reasoning and this brain ant happens when we give our feelings too much credit without considering the bigger the facts of the matter and the bigger picture so for example i feel hopeless today so my situation must be hopeless and we all know that's not true <laughs> our feelings are fleeting they come and go and of course they're they're important we mm -hmm, don't mm -hmm. discount our feelings we That's want right. to acknowledge them i love dallas willard is a bible teacher and theologian a super brilliant man and he said feelings make excellent servants but terrible masters and mm -hmm. i definitely agree with that <laughs> we mm -hmm. need to be aware of our feelings like you know listen to them understand what they're trying to communicate to us, but not overly emphasize them and come to conclusions about our situation based solely on our feelings. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see, number eight is labeling. And this is a terrible brain <laughs> ant. Mm. It's when we attack ourselves or others by calling them negative names like you're lazy or you're a loser and and oh, often wow. this happens yeah. subconsciously mm -hmm. in our programming from you know childhood or past traumas or failures 
we get these negative ideas about ourselves, mm -hmm. and they just come up without any conscious thought really and so it is critical <laughs> to identify when you're doing that and basically you're beating yourself up on the inside when mm. you allow these brain ants to run around unchecked. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So things like thoughts that come through, like I'm just unlovable or I'm just, I'm too much for people or something like that would be uh, a type of labeling That's as right. well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's easy to recognize that it's a, the wrong thing to do when we do it to other people. Mm -hmm. but many of us, you know, just allow this sort of vicious inner critic <laughs> to mm -hmm. run wild in our brains. And it's very destructive. It can really weigh us down. So one of my goals in life is to be as kind to myself mm -hmm. <laughs> as I am to my loved ones and the people around me to to try to extend that same forgiveness and grace mm -hmm. and patience mm -hmm. and kindness and understanding to myself for my shortcomings and you know it's it's important to learn how to talk nicely to yourself inside of your brain mm -hmm. so that's, that's, that's one strategy for overcoming <laughs> brain ants is just yes. nice to yourself mm-hmm yeah Kindness goes a long way. <laughs> it does. It does. And, and also, you know, back to the concept of these brain ants attacking our relationships, we can see how if you have, kind of especially these thoughts that are under the surface that you don't verbalize and, and communicate to your loved ones about frustrations that, mm. you know, and you start to label the loved ones around you as as uh, defective in some way instead of you know just seeing them as human and having shortcomings yeah and, and forgiving that if we constantly are labeling them and make it a mental habit to do that that can breed bitterness in our mm -hmm. hearts and mm -hmm. and really destroy our relationships so identifying this brain ant is critical so whenever you hear a label <laughs> In, in your brain think about is that true or not or is that helpful mm -hmm. well, that's number eight and number nine is the overt and hidden should statements as mm -hmm. in <laughs> i think i'm an expert on this one cindy <laughs> you and me both <laughs> like to put put pressure on ourselves and it's it's a good thing to have high expectations and, and goals, but um, we we don't want to shit on ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, for example, I shouldn't have screwed up like that, or I should be better than I am. I should be farther along in this process than I am. Or you know, I I shouldn't keep screwing up. Mm -hmm. When these condemning statements are directed against ourselves, they tend to trigger feelings of depression, shame, guilt, inferiority, and when they're directed against others or against the world or, or a group of people, uh, these brain ants can trigger anger, resentment, frustration, kind of mm -hmm. similar to what 
I was noting about the labeling mm -hmm. so there they are quite damaging to our relationships yes yes I, we uh in our house call this one the shoulda coulda wouldas you know because it <laughs> yes. kind of progresses it's i should have done this i could have done this and then this would have happened you know and it builds on your, your the thoughts start snowballing so we call it the the shoulda woulda coulda or whatever combination shoulda mm -hmm. coulda woulda yeah uh cycle <laughs> yeah yeah definitely that's, but, that's good to label the brain ant so you can that helps to identify that mm -hmm. when it pops up, especially when you do it as a family group, you're able to point it out to each other. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that you're reminding us about self-compassion and forgiveness because that is so healing. And like you said, we're all human. And so we all have flaws and we're going to mess up from time to time. And yeah, there are going to be things that maybe we didn't consider before we uh, acted here or before we spoke here or before we made this decision. However, the opportunity now exists to you know, learn from that and gain wisdom to move forward with instead of staying stuck in the past, uh, you know, past that maybe we can't change totally. You know, there may be uh -huh. things that we can remedy from some of our mistakes. You know, there are certain actions forward that can help remedy maybe a, a bad uh, you know, conversation that you said something, you know, and you've got to go back and apologize and repent and, and make that right. But, um, but it's, you know, gleaning the value from the experience and how you can now take that wisdom and make better decisions, choices, or, or whatever. Mm -hmm, exactly. So that's a perfect segue into the last brain ant, which is blame. Mm particularly self-blame can lead to despair and mm -hmm. depression and a terrible habit is then blaming others and it's you know a way to deal with internal pain and that yes. ends up breeding anger and strife and just badness so uh to recap the brain ants the, there's all or nothing thinking overgeneralization, mental filtering, which is magnifying a flaw or shortcoming, uh, discounting the positive, jumping to conclusions, magnification of minor problems and minimization of you know, our important uh, positive things, emotional reasoning, so letting our feelings run away with the show, and labeling, putting labels on ourselves or others, the shoulda, woulda, coulda, <laughs> or hidden should statements, and then blaming. Mm -hmm. So those are things to really kind of dig into and start to identify when they're happening in our life. And it's magic when when you see them for what they are yes sometimes it's really easy to transform them and say oh no i'm i'm not going down that path i'm not letting that uh you know ruin my day or ruin this uh this um situation so mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah talking about uh, the subject of brain ants makes me think about this, this story that my friend told about a dog that would just eat 
just about anything that came flying in the air near it. So one day she was in this kitchen. um, I think they were living in kind of a community setting and she was peeling carrots and um, she was letting those shavings like fall into a, a bucket on the floor, but the dog was just snatching them up before they could even Uh get into the bucket. (laughs) And um, so then her son was also in the kitchen with her and they decided to test their observation about this dog's indiscriminate eating, that he would just eat whatever came Mm -hmm. at him. Mm -hmm. So her son reached into his pocket and got a little lint (laughs) out of it (laughs) and tossed it in the air toward the dog. And the dog saw it coming direction and jumped right up and ate it without a second. (laughs) And, (laughs) And in that moment, she said that she, the spirit of God spoke to her and Mm -hmm. said, don't be a dog. And basically saying, don't allow everything that you hear to be consumed and and acquired as part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really powerful because we, we must, um, you know, we must take a hard look at, at the thoughts that go through our mind. We must separate them, what's truth and what's falsehood. And um, so that idea of don't don't be a dog, or at least don't be this dog <laughs> that <laughs> eats pocket lint. That's right. My, my dog, Charlie, he is the opposite. He is so discerning. I've never seen a dog. I'll, I'll put a, like a piece of chicken in my hand and hold it down. And he, he waits for like three seconds and then takes it. <laughs> it's like he's just saying, what is that exactly? Yes, I love it. <laughs> I've never seen a dog do that. Yes. What a great oh. analogy. I love that story. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And like Charlie, you know, who is carefully judging his <laughs> his snacks, his snack life, we, <laughs> we have uh, guidance in the Word of God on how to carefully judge our thought life. And just two scriptures that come um, more immediately to mind is uh, Philippians 4, 8, which says, uh, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And uh, I've heard this scripture referred to as the lovely test. Um, Mm -hmm. Another Mm -hmm. mom that uh, I believe through Propel Women, one of the leaders in Christine Kane's ministry, Propel Women, uh, uses this with her family when uh, determining, you know, what kind of movies they're going to watch or or books that they're maybe even in the middle of reading and they encounter something, you know, determining, is this past the lovely test, (laughs) you know? And and then of course, second Corinthians 10, three through five says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So when we are examining these brain ants, 
is what we're hearing about ourselves, those, that labeling language in our in our mind, is it backed up by the word of God? We have to examine those thoughts and see how do they align with the word of God and his truth? Because the reality is we only achieve transformation if we begin to think differently. And by thinking differently, I mean, thinking according to God's truth, not by our fleshly or carnal nature, which likes to exalt feelings and emotions. But to echo what you said at the beginning, um, we have, we have emotions and feelings for a reason, but they're not there to dominate us or rule over us, but just to inform us and serve us. Yes, beautiful. I, I love, love those two verses that you shared, uh, the Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It, it is just so amazing to me that God, this, this is, this is what cognitive behavioral therapy is. The trained mm -hmm. psychologists, counselors, mm -hmm. they go through extensive training to be able to help people to identify these lies, the distorted thoughts, and to shift them into something that is in alignment with truth and, and better serving the person. And, and God invented this concept. Yes. <laughs> he made our brains to be able to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yes. <laughs> Romans 12, 2 tells us that, um, you know, it is, it's critical, the thoughts that we hold. And so we definitely need to be vigilant about uh, keeping, keeping truth in our brains. And mm -hmm. we do that by going back to God's word and um, knowing what's true about us and about him and our situations. Yes. Yeah. So I briefly mentioned this before, but it's definitely worth repeating that there are four steps to taming brain ants and to stop these destructive negative thoughts from escalating and affecting our mood and decisions. So step number one, I want to break it down for you is pray. And basically, when you notice that you're feeling down or anxious, just simply be still and pray for wisdom, for discernment from the Holy Spirit to help you see the cognitive distortions. So it, you know, it's, it's not hard. <laughs> you, all you have to do is notice, oh, I'm feeling mm -hmm bad mm -hmm. i'm feeling down i'm feeling defeated it, that that's your clue to just stop and be still and and pray and ask for holy spirit to help so yes, uh, that's I step number that. one the best prayer ever help it's <laughs> <laughs> just a one word uh, step number two is it actually is very helpful to record so pray first and then record have a little journal a little book or on your phone <laughs> a notes tab where you write down thoughts around any kind of negative event that you're experiencing and the key is to do it in as much detail as possible excruciating detail just get really clear about okay this happened and I'm feeling this way and then that led me to think about this and now I'm feeling this way and 
I'm thinking about doing this and you know just writing it all down so you can clearly examine it. Mm -hmm. so step number three is to rationalize. You want to address each irrational thought and try to label the cognitive distortion. So you can go back to the list and there's plenty of books and blog articles out there that you can learn about more deeply about the brain ants, these cognitive distortions and, and put a label on it, you know, and mm -hmm. it, it'll get easier. <laughs> you'll, you'll learn what your brain ants are. Oh, I'm overgeneralizing here or I'm labeling, I'm minimizing, discounting the positive. And, and so you pray about it, ask for discernment, write it down, analyze it, and then replace each irrational thought and with the truth and label the distortion. And it's important to note that some, some of our brain ants, some of these negative thoughts may actually be rational, but most of them are not. Mm -hmm, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. You want to ask yourself, what's the evidence for the, this response or this uh, truth? Yeah. And, and an important question is, you know, what's the outcome? Is the world going to end? Mm -hmm. you know, is my world going to collapse? And it may feel like it at first, <laughs> but is it really? You know, how important is this event? You know, uh, asking that question is helpful. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've actually found in myself that asking, what's the worst possible thing that could That's happen? That's right. <laughs> right. Sometimes it's just you, you, you carry around this nebulous sense of fear that things are all, you know, it's all going to collapse <laughs> around mm -hmm. me. And, and, you know, well, what if the worst happens? What, what, and, and how likely is that? Right. And what if it does? And, and that can bring some peace to know, okay, well, it'll be okay because yeah. if this happens, then, you know, they'll, there'll be ways to, um, you know, bring healing and renewal into life. Right. right. When, whenever any kind of catastrophic thing happens, there's always hope. Yes. So, so step number one is pray. Step number two is record. Step number three is rationalize. And step number four is to replace. And that is simply to respond to each of the brain ants and replace it with the truth or mm -hmm. something, you know, more encouraging, uplifting, and lovely. Yes. <laughs> positive. <laughs> so we can learn to speak kind and compassionate words to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's such a sad thing that we're, we're usually more rational and more compassionate when talking to other people about yeah. their worries than we are with our own selves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just try to imagine what you'd say to a loved one who's struggling with you know, the, the issue, the brain ant that you are dealing with and how would you comfort and encourage them? So then we, we replace these ugly, irrational thoughts, the lies, either our lies or the lies of the enemy with more, with rational ones, ones that speak to the truth about who we are in Christ and uh, just the love <laughs> that we are and that we're to share with others. Mm -hmm. 
Cindy, I think it would just be awesome if we closed out this episode by actually speaking some truth statements over our listeners. I love it. <laughs> Let's do it. So um, I have a, a lovely handout that I give to some people in my medical practice where the time is right. It's called Christ's Bell, and it makes this beautiful bell shape mm. with the words. And so we're going to read these statements. They're all from scripture and I'll go ahead and start us off and we'll just alternate if you want to go ahead and do that with me. Sure, absolutely. So you can use this as just kind of a meditative, just let these words flow over you and penetrate your heart and help you to remember who you are in Christ and just that you are so valuable and loved. You'll never be more loved than you are right now in this very moment. So number one, I am God's child. John 1 verse 12. I am Christ's friend. John 15 15. I am united with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 6 17. I am bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I am a saint set apart for God, Ephesians 1, 1. I am a personal witness of Christ, Acts 1, 8. I am the salt and light of the earth, Matthew 5, 13, 14. I am a member of the body of Christ, 1 Corinthians 12, 27. I am free forever from condemnation, Romans 8, 1 through 2. I am a citizen of heaven. I am significant, Philippians 3, 20. I am free from any charge against me, Romans 8, 31 to 34. I am a minister of reconciliation for God, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. I have access to God through the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 2, 18. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, Ephesians 2, 6. I cannot be separated from the love of God, Romans 8, 35 to 39. I am established, anointed, and sealed by God. 2 Corinthians 1, 21 through 22. I am assured that all things work together for good. Romans 8, 28. I have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. John 15, 16. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. Ephesians 3, 12. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13 I am the branch of the true vine, a channel of his life. John 15.1-5 Wow, such amazing, powerful, almost unbelievable <laughs> statements, but we know to be the truth of who we are in Christ. Thanks for sharing that with us. 
Uh, yeah. And thank you, Brooke, for being here. I'm just uh, so delighted to get to be on this journey with you and yes. so grateful and blessed to have all of our listeners here. We're thrilled that you're here and we hope that you tune in for more Joy Prescriptions next week. In the meantime, you can go deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. We encourage you to become a member of our community and get access to all the behind the scenes content and our monthly virtual soul care retreats. Brooke, would you let our listeners know how to contact us? Yes, we would love to hear from you. So send us questions about anything health or spirituality related, and we'll try to answer you on the podcast. Uh, questions can be sent via email to thejoyprescription at gmail.com, or you can call our question line, which is 828-412-0599. And in the meantime, until we connect again, we invite you to take your learning further with us at thejoyprescription.com. All right. Well, now go out and do that one new thing that brings you joy today. Bye for now. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Joy Prescription Podcast, where we explore the intersection of lifestyle medicine, brain health, and Christianity. We invite you to take your learning deeper with us at thejoyprescription.com. Be sure to sign up for our email newsletter and receive free weekly Joy Prescription devotionals. Bye for now.